episode three guys welcome today we're going to discuss some more player driven content from the suggestions and ideas forum i'd like to start by summing that up in one word the whole forum thread suggestion and ideas what's in there what's in all those threads in a word is options and that's what players want they want more options and um that's the point of this podcast is to discuss and expound on the options that players are are interested in that's largely how D has made it this far so it should it should stand to prove that it could help this game its longevity i want to start with um one concern i saw on the forums about the archetypes and how they seem to be cannibalizing classes causing them to lose class identity and i understand the point of view but i don't think there's any cause for alarm or cause for concern i think I think the Dark Hunter is a, a good addition, and I think we should voice our opinion on on the Rogue and on on its place in DDO and what what kinds of characters, um, what kinds of stories can be made with with those enhancement trees and that build scenario, if you will, with the standard Dungeons and Dragons, the DDO Rogue. The DDO Rogue is traditionally, I think, the like the repeater build, the Great Crossbow build, and then so the Great Crossbow build now, and then Stick build, and then the Assassin. What I I really think the the Stick is good. The the Quarterstaff is a good build. It's kind of interesting because. I say the quarterstaff build rogue, and I immediately think of Guild Wars 2's rogue. <laughs> I don't know why, but I do. Um, and I I guess because that what the only real viable one we have now for the rogue is, is that, that quarterstaff one. And the rogue is largely used as a splash class or a smattering class uh, that you, you use to basically just be able to disable and disarm traps. So, in keeping in line with that train of thought, the the point of the podcast to discuss um, players' uh, ideas, I stumbled on to a thread which has uh, several different suggestions from people. It's not one uh, one revamp. It's not one big set of ideas. It comes from several different players. The first post has uh, three suggestions for the assassin enhancement line and i'll read them and then talk about them tier three ledger domain you no longer leave stealth when interacting with the environment tier four coerced ally ranged touch attack may be used from stealth and does not break stealth you convince an enemy to do your bidding Enemy becomes temporary hireling, allowing you to make it interact with the environment or attack other enemies. There's a language DC, which we won't cover because DDO does not have languages. DC 10 plus charisma modifier plus the intimidate skill. And it lasts for 50 seconds. 
tier 5 perfect killer you can assassinate red name bosses in regular six man quests this uh, post is is all about identity with the the rogue uh, and all about getting that role play back i hate that word identity i, I don't want to use it um, it gives you that that sense of role play that you could uh, travel through uh, travel through a quest and get all the way to the end and, and, and assassinate the boss. With Ledger Domain, you interact with the door and you no longer come out of stealth. Coerced ally is interesting because it says becomes temporary hireling. So I'm in my brain, I think that you would get the, a, like a temporary hireling bar for the enemy. And he wouldn't be just charmed. He is a charmed enemy, but he wouldn't be alerted or aggro any of his enemy buddies around him. He would just be under your uh, under your spell, so to speak, so that he would open doors for you um, and could be used to attack other enemies. And I think that's an interesting way to add crowd control or to, to the to the assassin without giving him a spell or some other type of fantastic ability. You know, it kind of approaches uh, someone and threatens the crap out of them. And now the guy's like, all right, I'll do whatever you want. And then that, you know, that could lead to, with the way this reads, if he's in a room with enemies who haven't spotted you, but he is now under your control, you could kind of send him to the next room, have him open that door and potentially interact with a trap or 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 attack an enemy there and that would potentially aggro the room that you're in and you know there just gives you some type of control over how the enemy might might act so i think that's um that would be key As far as Perfect Killer goes, that seems really powerful to me. Out of all the conversations we've had about <laughs> all these suggestions, this one seems the most powerful. But I think as far as flavor goes and as far as um, the way players look at this class, it now becomes valuable again in, in, a, in, in, a, way that, um, in a way that no class can, right? You can literally backpack this guy's soul stone to the end of the quest and he can you know if his dc is high enough he can assassinate the red name boss and i find that to be someone who's going to play the assassin like the assassin even with a group that's really zerging the dungeon and there are very you know we know as players are at different levels of how fast and how much a player knows about a certain quest to zerg it but this would allow him to kind of keep that fantasy alive and it would be very valuable for the party to keep him around because if they're trying to get it done quick, they're going to want him to just pop the boss or at least have a chance at ending it really quickly. And um, I, I think that would be cool uh, for, for rogues to be known as the ones that can really end the quest for you. It doesn't. It's interesting because it also these these suggestions. Are, there's a couple of them that are good for the rogue, the the assassin line itself. But then that perfect killer really makes it kind of a party, uh, makes him a party animal, so to speak. Because while the 
everybody takes a couple levels of rogue or some artificer to disable the traps. We don't want to look at that, uh, the, the rogue or the assassin as the trap guy anymore. And I lament that the swashbuckler did not go to the rogue and it went to the bard. But we can't undo that. We can ask for them to take a look at the stuff, the ideas we think are good and take them into consideration. I, I think, uh, I think other than adding, like, I'm, I'm just spitballing here on this thread post and then I'll go down instead of a perfect killer or in addition to this, I think some type of automatic paralyze, uh, obviously makes the makes the bad guy helpless and allows you to uh, crit uh, sneak attack him to death other than something like that being added I don't and, and that would be more for solo play or you know if you're in a raid clearing trash I think I don't know that that that's even worth mentioning but I do think that perfect killer could be good I you know the the, the higher the difficulty the more valuable that becomes. So that's where I'm, I, I, I guess I would say I endorse it from 1 to 18 or 1 to 20. I'm nervous about it going into the epics, but that's something that they can easily tune um, by, by pushing the DCs too high. All right. So... There's one here that says, um, so this guy's talking about balancing the assassinate ability since it can't be used on death warded targets, which is a good point. So he's saying to balance it on orange and red names, um, assassinating death or legendary warded mobs will cause the target to lose 25% of their health. Using it four times will kill it. I'm in favor of pumping that 25% health up more. For bosses, it would have a chance to cause a mortal fear-like effect. Again, Thunderforge last year. That, that's, I, I can see that being very useful. The, the issue I would have is that it almost seems like it would be working in raids, and I kind of want want to stay away from that. I think with a ability this powerful, trap making, they've I've never really been a huge fan of the trap making. The pace of DDO, um, let's we'll talk about the pace of DDO and traps and all this. So let's get down to this one, this next uh, post, which is armor mastery. It's a three-tier enhancement. At the end, you'll have six to your max dex bonus in armor, six to uh, your dodge cap, 10 to physical resistance rating, and plus 25% confidence bonus at max hit points. Uh, this brings up, this derails my train of thought a little bit because I, DDO throughout the years has gone through many 
defense systems. First, there was armor class, and then there was PRR, MRR, and they changed the dodge percentage, and then they nerfed the dodge percentage, and now they've adjusted hit points, and now it's hit points. And I think that's bad. I think having hit points as uh, your only defense or the large portion of your defense or even a focus of your defense takes away from any role play immersion that you can really have. And we don't have much in DDO. So I think steering the game back toward that framework is going to give players more options and make players or allow players to have more fun with their their characters. The um, the deviation from the armor class and the PRR, the MRR, I think there was uh, somebody made a mistake there. It's it's clearly uh, upsets a lot of the player base and it's incendiary to talk about it. I mean you any post on the forum will get you know, hey, I you're either I agree or let me let me add my two cents into why this stinks. Um, and let's but we can talk about that in a little bit. What what the issue is of what what the reason why they changed the um, armor class value, adjusted it, changed it completely, and added in uh, the glancing blows was because uh, there were some characters not all characters there are a few characters out there you could build and they would not get hit so we wouldn't take damage that's not always true because sometimes enemies roll 20s right so but in a normal quest you would you'd be able to run through it and, and pound it pretty pretty easy why was that a problem i mean think about the state of ddo now and this, and how fast you're blowing through quests with casters, and then think about a guy that maybe say he can only get hit on a twenty, and he's a melee guy, and he's in your party, but you have two sorcerers. You know, I mean, I just the disparity in those two, those two scenarios, to me, it just it doesn't make sense, and I don't want them to t touch the casters. I I enjoy those, enjoy playing them, but I think it's it's too much to punish the melees, and it's a concern going forward for sure. It's and it's noticeable with the new archetypes. We touched on it last episode that the, the that blight caster is there's so much more work going into it, and so much more power. Whereas the 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 ranger got the ability to trap and. Uh, have an animal companion which is cool i'm not saying that we shouldn't have this and i'm not being negative i'm just saying that it's something to think about that maybe that was a mistake and there should be a way to bring it back so that we can still maintain class identity and, and everybody can have fun it, it's fun for that one character to jump in there and take the aggro and not get hit and it's it's not overpowered especially when his buddy's blowing up with a couple fireballs <laughs> doesn't make him overpowered whatsoever they've done enough uh, adjusting with the red names and champions and all these other mobs that i think they can push that that ac boundary back to where closer to where it was I mean, not where it was but closer to where it was because because of those changes I think that's um, 
that's something they should look at. But I, this, not a suggestion here, but the that whole plus twenty five percent extra hit points is that's what they're they're asking for. They're asking for extra AC. They want to be able to go into combat and live, and that, that's um that's a reasonable request, I think. <laughs> And this guy's suggesting that this is not um this guy's suggesting that reapers are what killed uh, stealth in this thread he's asking for um some kind of buff pre-level 12 and he'd like to be able to sneak past re reapers and creatures with life sense. I don't know. He's saying that I'm confused because the top part of his thread says everything's out of whack, and then he wants to be able to disregard uh, the, the Reaper mode. We can talk about modes and stuff later, or in a different episode. Let's see if there are any other suggestions. This guy's lamenting. So this guy's, yeah, this guy's uh, talking about, in his thread, he was talking about just how I got this sidetracked. He's talking about the old version of the game where um, it, it was seemingly a little bit more balanced, even though there were characters and AC mattered. It was a little bit more fun. Now we're totally sidetracked. <laughs> People are talking about in the thread. People are talking about stealthy repossession and all kinds of other. So that that the assassin enhancements, I think they're cool. I think they're ledger domain, coerced ally, and uh, perfect killer. I think those are all neat little role play mechanics. I think maybe you can't have them assassinate uh, red name bosses, but you might be able to do something like that. It's an automatic, you know, forty percent health loss or something. It's something so significant that. Uh, other players, when they see the rogue, want the rogue because that's something to think about too. Not that anybody plays that game, the game that way, where oh, it's a rogue, but it would be nice if if they had something that oh, only I can do, and they're an assassin class, and I think that them taking health away from the monster quickly, maybe in one devastating blow, would be uh, okay. That's what their name kind of implies. <laughs> So that's where I'm at with the the assassin the assassin thread. So that was not that big of a big of a thread. It's, it seems to have a lot of clicks. I think I don't know why. I think just because the rogue is missing its identity or feels so. That's why I find it the the factotum rogue archetype we talked about it, uh, last week. I find so interesting because. The rogue is so much, there's almost every class has a build with two levels of rogue or a level of rogue to do trap. Oh, I'm sure of it. And it's funny that to have the, the archetype for the for the rogue class to be that he can become any class that, that he's not. <laughs> I find that to be um, kind of ironic and fitting in a way. The, the more time has passed, the more I've really kind of enjoyed that. Um, that thought. 
that he could be okay so we're kind of finished with that i don't see i wish we could talk more about the rogue i don't really i didn't i'm not a huge rogue guy um i do see why people are kind of cantankerous over over it but i, I also see that they there's some cool builds out there that they could probably add I definitely think the fact totem is uh, the longer you think about it just think about it you know the rogue can be any 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 class you want like with a toggle that's that's kind of funny um, I think that would be a, a good addition to the game there is a there's the next one I can see up here is Griglock's helpful list of suggestions for DDO. This has a couple of views here. We'll pull it up and then take a look at it. So this guy is very well organized. I can tell that right off the bat. Jeez, he's got a spreadsheet and everything in here. So he's got some cleric uh, stuff he'd like to see. Some of this is, so I'm seeing some of this stuff right off the bat. This is not, some of the other ideas we looked at were, were racially or class-wise, they were more, they defined the class into a, a, into something that you could build into and play with. This is just asking for buffs these first these first uh about the classes the cleric the dark apostate the monk and the warlock these are just asking for um number buffs uh for the for the classes so they can be more powerful because this he believes that they lack and i'm not going to say he's wrong because i don't i don't know but i'm, I'm going to assume he's right so but uh, how valuable is it for the turn undead to be faster i don't think that's high on the list when you when you compare it next to archetypes and, and having a new race but it, it seems like it's like a minor like a, these some of these fixes seem very minor see the dark apostate give this ability to benefit another player benefit from the negative healing with dark apostate i think the big thing to me was the curses were satisfying and unsatisfying like i wish that the bane did more damage and the curse did damage to everything it does damage to undead but then it does no damage to anything else and that just kind of seemed i don't see what the big deal is i guess of doing three or four or five hundred damage doesn't matter warlock they are sad about the warlock um but it is solved he said sort of okay so then he has a list of races like uh this looks like he went on to a website and literally copied and pasted pasted all the ones he could find that were available um i'm familiar with some of these the genasi sticks out to me the Kenku sticks out to me. The Yuan-Ti's got the Yuan-Ti in here. All the thing messed up. So he's got the Yuan-Ti in here, which we talked about. The Changeling and the Kalashtar. I remember talking about the Kalashtar when the game first came out. And I remember 
I think some, but this is the old, old forums, so we can't access them anymore. But I remember somebody responding to the thread. I asked for Clash Stars and Psionics. And I remember somebody responded to the thread and said that they'll never, ever release Clash Stars. And uh, they gave a reason why. And I, that was a hundred years ago now. But on speaking with that, I, Psionics would be good. And, uh, the Kalashtar and the Changeling. Uh, I'd like the Kalashtar, I think. The Changeling... The Changeling, for all intents and purposes, is kind of silly to add the DDO because it's... There's... You're not going to stop the quest and, and say, okay, I shape-change into a Kobold and I, I pull the lever so the party doesn't get aggro. It, you know, you're going to have to you know, go past the Kobolds and aggro them. And At any rate, I don't see... That being very valuable. He's got the full orc in here, the Minotaur. I don't see the Aladrin on here, which I find interesting. So the Aladrin's not on here. The Genasi's on here, which I think would be good. The Kenku I can see. The Aladrin, the Wanti, the Half Dragon. That one would be good. Um PDK, change for Cormier, change for Cormier to be usable below 80% health. Agents of Edgewatch, he wants that legendary version of Tower of Despair. And then he's asking for, like, upgrades. So this guy's, this is much more, this is more of, like, a number bump, number crunch type of a thread post where we're talking flat numbers. There's not a whole lot of, like, we're talking, he wants to adjust the nebula fragment drop rate, uh, toolkits. He wants to add an epic feat, Master of Wisdom, same as Master of Knowledge, but for Divine Spells. He's asking for, you know, he's talking about vendor fixes. The dialogue. He talks about, this is, he talks a little bit about immersion, which tells me he's interested in it. But his whole post pretty much is about numbers, which is weird to me. That's like dichotomous a little bit. All right, so, yeah, he's asking for Ravenloft, teleport items, Reaper wings to change colors, inventory space. Yeah, he's talking. These are all, to me, these are number changes. These are, so a lot of these are interesting. Um, but I think for the most part, they just seem like they're numbered. They're either number buffs or spell changes, and they all seem to be, geared toward that not really towards the like the factotum rogue say like that or even the clockwork sorcerer that we wish we could have but we can't that's those are all different types of suggestions you know those are you know, sort of original not for, for lack of a better term original because they need to be translated from a pen and paper to a ddo style and i think that's 
that's where you see a lot of that work. That's where a lot of that work to me is involved. Is these guys have to sit down and figure that out, and I, my hat's off to them. But there's a lot on here that's, it's you know it's, it's it's a good that people are, are having thoughts about how to improve the game, and then they're not afraid to put them out there. That's important. It's, I feel like in the last few months, it's gone from the forums have gone from, you know, uh, kind of a place of negativity to a place where, where people are actually sometimes they're posting negative things, but they're also voicing their opinions and saying what they want. And to me, as a player, if I'm coming to the game or returning to the game or I'm new to the game, I want to see threads, uh, the threads of all are all at least this year, I don't want to be seeing threads on a, you know, on a server that, you know, from six years ago and they're on the first page of the server. That's not what I'm looking for. So it's valuable to have your player base interacting in, in this way. And I think it would be good to reward that in, in some way, even if it's just by saying, Hey, thanks. Um, So this uh, the next thread we're going to look at is revamping universal trees, and it looks like he wants the Vistani enhancement to work for all light weapons, the Harper tree uses intelligence, wisdom, and charisma. I don't. He says this tree needs a lot of love. Falcon tree uses wisdom, intelligence, charisma. Inquisitive tree uses additional types of light category weapons. I am confused. I'm not sure if he wants like so the identity of the trees are, we are tied to their what's that what main stat they use to damage their for their melee damage right even though melees you know are kind of out, out the window it's um. That is where they get their identity from. So to have to have them be able to swap between all three casting stats, I'm not sure that that's um, that's appropriate for for the for the enhancement tree. That's not the point of them. The point of them is to be an extension of that stat. You know. All right. So we talked about uh, the assassin, the rogue, and the concerns with the archetypes. I, I really don't know how to handle that concern for the arch uh, the archetypes. I don't I don't know how to handle the concern about the hit points and that being the new armor class. I think that a shift towards more options for the players um, and an increase in usability in the other stats, like which is a great point. If the other stats are also useful, the other defensive stats are more useful, that gives players more options, which is exactly what your players want, more options. Everybody wants more options. And it's important, I think, to address why they want more options. They want more options because they want to, they have a certain character they want to make and bring into your world, into DDO. They want to bring that character into DDO but the, right now they're it's limited in how they can do that. So 
giving them more options and allowing them to do that is kind of the only way you're going to really keep DDO going because you can continue to release more content, but I, I think you'll see the decline in, in the player base without the archetypes. The archetypes were certainly not just a windfall, but a brilliant idea. So I think considering how to, how to come up with racial templates, how to like, how do how do you get a new race in? What's the best way to go? And how do you start addressing the the disparity uh, between melee and and the spellcasting class, and still keep the game fun, right? Because the the whole point is that the game's fun, and unfortunately, the DDO developers are at a disadvantage because they don't sit across my table and we say describe what we want to do or roll right in front of them. None of that's happening. It's all automated and the automation system that they're using is limited. So they're definitely at a disadvantage and I think they've done a great job. So that's something that I want to make sure that we're, we're, we're saying that they've done a great job so far, but they can do better and they can do better because they have an untapped resource. This entire th forum it seems to me to be one of the most active forums other than the general forums, right? This is one of the most active forums they have right now. And I would be capitalizing on these players that are, you know, that have ideas and that want to uh, better the game. If it's not, I think if it's not acknowledged, essentially uh, the conversation will die and you'll have these threads will probably be here for years, but Right now, it's a great time. There's we have update 58s coming out. You know, people are excited for that stuff. That uh, accolade of the skin that's going to be great. So I, I now would be a good time to start talking about this stuff. And I know I'm, I'm this. I'm recording this right before Wednesday, but that a pub producer's letter is supposed to come out. Lotro already got theirs, so ours must be right on their heels and. I'm sure they're going to talk about uh, some of their plans for this year, and I'm, I'm excited to see what they have planned. So that's that's it for the suggestions and ideas talk I have. Uh, I think I think that rogue archetype factotum that we talked about a few days ago is probably something they should take a look at after you know reading the concerns and and me myself having some time to think about it. I think it would be uh, interesting. Also, the Yuan-Ti Pure Blood and the the Dragon one; those were those were interesting. Those stick out in my mind. I don't see anything else on here that's uh, new that we haven't talked about. The Hexblade we talked about. I can do more research and go back a little bit further in the thread uh, lifespan. This this thread is pretty pretty active, so there's plenty of stuff to talk about. I'm uh, what I'm going to do now is just make sure we're not missing anything big on the forums here, and then I'm going to we'll wrap it up. All right, so we have racial glamours. We talked about that last time. That's still a thing. That's still on there. And um, 
it seems like uh, a lot of old players, definitely uh, old players, pardon me, veteran players uh, are, are for it, that's for sure. So as far as classes and concerns from the player base, the only thing I can see is the archetypes, you know, kind of diluting class um, role play story identity I, I don't I don't think that's a, a real fear because I think more archetypes are going to come out and that will change over time so I I, I want to say I want to make sure we give voice to it so that it's out there because maybe it maybe I'm missing something about it the other thing we talked about was and it comes kind of from this too there's a is 1,200 temporary HP better than 20% more AC? And I think everybody that's played the game for more than a week will tell you that the HP is better. And that's, to me, the concern there, especially with it being on the um, on the forums as long as it kind of has been, uh, is either going to find a way to nerf it, <laughs> the HP, but I, I, I would hope that they just figure out a way to bring AC more, make it more relevant, and then they don't have to nerf the, the HP so much or touch it at all because it's a little bit more balanced in, in that way. All right, guys, kind of, uh, kind of a shorter one today. I don't have um, much more to talk about. If you guys uh, want to hit me up, on the podcast email or if you have suggestions or ideas just keep posting them on the forums i'm going to look at them you don't have to do much i will do all the work and i'll go on there i'll read them and uh print them out and i'll take them with me and and i'll have them for the podcast so we can uh, we can talk about what's new and what's coming up all right my ddl friends peace